Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. But friends, on this Pentecost, the temptation is to leave Jesus in the rear view and say, well, we're moving on, so to speak, to the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to stop us there for a second. That Jesus is very much a part of what happens today because it was Jesus who said that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Hear that again. What Jesus says is that when the Spirit comes, it is going to to remind you and teach you of everything I have already said. It's as if Jesus said, the Spirit that I have is going to be uploaded into the cloud and downloaded into all of you. Now, this was not the first time the apostles or anyone had heard of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Old Testament, there were specific examples of believers, people who followed after the Almighty God, who had experienced the Holy Spirit, but they were limited. There's people like Moses, people like Ezekiel, these people who had sort of this holy gift. And so the apostles are going, wait, we're going to get this Holy Spirit? This, this bunch here, we're going to have this? was a sign of power, of, religi- of spiritual authority. And so they were quite eager to do what Jesus had said. Stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And they're like, oh, we cannot wait. And so they waited. Last week we celebrated Jesus' ascension. He goes up and he sits at the right hand of God where he exists to this day, existing to intercede for you and for me. And they, but it tells us that they went into a room and they waited. Our scripture today opened with, they were all gathered together in a room. Who knows how long they had been there, but they had been there for some time. And they went to a room and they prayed. They watched to see what Jesus would do after the ascension. And what did they pray for? This is one of those times I wish I could have been in the room. Like, what are they praying for? What are, they, what are they thinking about? What do their prayers sound like? Who's leading these prayers? How are they being shared? I'm just, maybe I'm a liturgical nerd, but I'm just super interested. What did they pray? I'm not sure at the end of the day, though, they even knew what it was they prayed for. Because all they knew was that God was about to do something that mattered, that would change everything. And once you've seen resurrection, what else can God do? Quite literally, God only knows Once you've seen resurrection, everything is on the table. So they wait and they wait and they pray. And then Pentecost. And Peter, the one who had denied Jesus, of course, is now the one who speaks up first. And to rehash the words that he said, he quotes from the prophet Joel, who says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And from that moment, the cry went out. They said, what are we supposed to do, Pete? And Peter said, repent and be baptized which mirrors exactly how Jesus had started his own ministry. Jesus' ministry started with the cry, repent and believe the good news. The message hasn't changed. It had just grown and developed. 
repent and believe the good news. And that spirit spread on that day. It tells us that thousands came to believe in Jesus. Imagine that scene. Thousands who were trying to make out the message of a bunch of people they thought were drunk. One of my sermons one of these days will be not drunk at 9 a.m. in the morning, but it won't be this one. But they thought, like, this is insane, this is crazy. But once you've seen resurrection, everything is on the table. And people have lived in that spirit until today. We are evidence of the spirit that was poured out on that first Pentecost Sunday. In other words, what were they praying for in that room? We don't know, but I guarantee as you sit here this morning, we are the people the apostles prayed for. We are the children that they prayed would one day be filled with the Spirit and watch it spread to the ends of the earth. And here we are at the ends of the earth, still living into this Pentecostal reality, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So every church then is to follow in this way. What does it mean to be the church? I often hear people, wouldn't it be nice to get back to the old church? Wouldn't it be nice to get back to the ancient church? Well, my question in response is, well, when did we leave it exactly? When did we stop being the church of the apostles? When did we break off from that first moment when the Spirit was poured out? And my answer is, we haven't. We've always been that church. And we, in this particular community, have followed in this way. And so I say to our confirmants, who will be confirmed here in just a minute, I want you to know that this community of faith for 260 plus years and at least seven generations have gathered in this room to pray. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and yet we have prayed for generation upon generation that the Holy Spirit would be unleashed in this place in a new way. We have prayed for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit. We've prayed for new life. We've asked, we've prayed for new questions and new answers. We've prayed for new courage. We've prayed for a new witness. We've prayed for the wisdom to understand what it means to be a Christian in this time and place. And we've prayed that 260 years. We prayed that our sons and daughters would prophesy, which simply means to authoritatively speak the words and the message of God to the world. We want our young men and women to do that. Go tell the world about the goodness of God. We've prayed that our young men would see visions. And we've prayed that the movement would be so remarkable, the spirit movement, that even our old men, and yeah, old guys, I'm looking at you, that our old men would see the most extravagant and flamboyant dreams for the world. That is what we have prayed in this place. And here you are, confirmants. Here you are today. You are what we have prayed for. We have longed for God's spirit to do something remarkable, and here you are. You are the fresh outpouring of the spirit for Christ's universal church, which finds its expression in Silver Run, Maryland. And to the congregation, I will say, what is the spirit that God has given to us? I've gotten to spend a lot of time with them. A lot of that has been fun. Some of that has been, um, I have forced them to do so. But for these six young men and women, and our two first years, we want to honor them as well, I can tell you that the spirit that we have been given is a spirit, a deep spirit of friendship. These guys actually really like one another. They taught me about what it means to find new friends and to live into that. In these young men and women, God has given us deep reservoirs of energy 
looking at you, especially Eli. <laughs> God has given us great leadership, men and women who say, here's what we're about and here's where we're going. God has given us hearts for deep service. These young men and women have participated in church more than any other experience I've been a part of. In these young men and women, God has given us hard questions for a new generation. They're asking questions we haven't had to ask before, but they're asking them. God has given us life experiences that have steeled us. These kids have seen some things, but because of that, they've got a backbone for the road ahead. In them, God has given us joy and love. And above all, God has blessed us with six wonderful people whom God loves exactly as you are. And so, friends, on this day, we do not merely commemorate Pentecost. We're not looking back going, saying, that looks like it was a lot of fun. No, today, we experience it. We live Pentecost today in the lives of these young men and women. With this fresh outpouring, this church should never be the same again. And we do well to marvel at what might yet be. Because if we have seen resurrection, God only knows what might pour out of this new community that is formed today. And so we do well to be cut to the heart, as the people who were who listened to Peter on that first Pentecost, to let our hearts swell on this day. Don't hear cut to the quick, cut to the heart as somehow like, oh my gosh, we're, such, we're so terrible. No, rather hear these words as allowing your hearts to swell. What is it shall we do? How shall we participate with this new movement of God? Well, we do what Pete said. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, for our children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord calls to him. What does this mean for us? Well, friends, we're not going to rebaptize anyone, but rooted in our own baptisms, let us repent. Which doesn't mean always to say what a horrible person we are. No, no, no. Repentance means to let us look at the world anew. Let us look with fresh eyes upon this place and upon the place that God has put us to do work. Let us look with fresh eyes on a world in which God and God's goodness and God's power are the truest things about it. For all the things we mourn, there is yet something deeper, and that is the goodness of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. And may that Holy Spirit, that Spirit which still blows to the oldest of our institutions, May that spirit always be changing us. May it change what we believe. May it change how we behave. May it change what we believe is possible. In other words, may it make us into that early church. That early church who had a lot to figure out, but did so in the way of Jesus Christ, inspired by the spirit and made ready for the message to go out into the world, which is, of course, what we exist to do. That there's not be a soul on earth that wouldn't know the love of God expressed in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. So confirmands, we say thank you for the journey that you've been on. We say thank you for being the answer to our prayers. And we invite you in your own way to lead us into the newness that the Spirit yet has for us.